Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello there and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver, and this week's film is Big Daddy from 1999. So let's see what we reckon. All right then, Josh, you chose this one. Ooh, big Daddy. Yep. You are a Big Daddy. Nope. We nope, are. Are we not, all the we're Big Daddy? With that. We aren't sticking with that. I don't know. I like it. I think <laughs> yeah, it's got, well, it's got I don't. <laughs> sweet, sweet ring to it. Okay, no. Adam Sandler actually is the big daddy. He is. This film is from 1999. So spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen it yet. So Josh, do tell us what is the film about and why did you pick it? Yeah, so what's it about? Adam Sandler plays, you know, he plays an Adam Sandler character. He's sort of uh, <laughs> very immature, very um, lazy and sort of just lazying his, his way through life, not really doing anything with his life, living off the fact that he won a massive payout from an accident. And one day a young boy turns up at his door who is the son of his roommate, but his roommate is already working away. So he has to look after the little boy. And in doing so, they save each other. Oh, that's sort beautiful. of like, it's that it's that thing you know it's the it's that <laughs> formula yeah why did i pick this one so a couple of reasons so we've done a serious adam sandler film we have haven't we, we? maybe me and, the most serious yeah probably yeah film? so rain over me which we did a, which we did a while ago which left a lasting impression on on both of us mm. at the time and um, we have done a comedy adam sandler film but it was before you came on you came on board so i thought it's about time we did another comedy adam sandler film because you know he does get a lot of stick um, I think this is one of his best ones. Um, mm-hmm. It is not well rated. Okay. That's what okay. I'll say. So I think this is, it's not underseen because I'm fairly certain it was fairly successful at the time. And mm-hmm. a lot of people I think have seen it, but I think it's critically underrated. And I do as well, before we sort of go on, I have a huge affection for this film. It's probably my favorite Adam Sandler film. Um, oh, so this wow. will, this will probably frame my feelings. So there may well be one of these sort of nostalgia-driven episodes where I'm talking about how much I love it and you just cannot see what I'm getting at. Equally, okay. you might have liked it. I don't know. I'm actually interested to know what you thought about this because it is quite schmaltzy. It is quite cheesy in, in, in places. Um, had you seen it before? I had not seen it before, no. So I was certainly interested. I mean, very excited at the title, I must say, Josh. But yeah, <laughs> so I was very interested to see what this was all about. And overall like i thought it was i thought it was pretty good like oh, it, good. it it didn't it didn't blow me away but i didn't hate it and i think oh, my good. list of things that i did like about it and the the positive aspects of it are probably more prominent mm. than the negative ones so that's good okay. so you said then you you feel like you've got quite an emotional connection yes. to this film so tell me tell me a bit about that where does that come yeah, from yeah so i remember watching it 
when I was a kid. So probably when I was, well, it came out in 1999. So I probably watched it a lot when I was sort of 10 or 11. I remember thinking mm-hmm. it was really funny, but also really sort of emotionally heartwarming, engaged and stuff like that. And then when I moved to uni, my flatmates and me Love like we all had that thing where we'd all watched it and would quote it to each other. Um, So so a little bit of that going on. So I have a lot of fondness for like all the different silly little quotes and stuff that come up for Mm -hmm. it. You know, and it's not when you think of those films, the films that people quote to each other. You're probably thinking more like I don't know, Anchorman, Bridesmaids, Mm -hmm. or you know, more classic films like I don't know. Princess Bride, you know, things like that. I don't think Big Daddy with Adam Sandler in it from mm. 1999 is, is really coming up in that mm. sense. So <laughs> it very much reminds me of that sort of not a nice time in my life when I was, you know, I was, I was 18, living away from home the first time, just going to the pub all the time and coming back and sticking a, an Adam Sandler film on or a, oh, a Jim Carrey film. Simpler days, or, yeah. Simpler um, days. So, yeah, so, yes, I, I'm, I loved it when I was a kid and then that was just enriched and enforced for me by moving sort of to university um and there was other you know we, there was other adam sandler films as well but but this was this is the main one that i think about was always quoting to each other and stuff like that and i don't i'm not wouldn't call myself a huge adam sandler fan mm-hmm. now um but there was you know i do think there was a time when he it was on a real solid run mm-hmm. through the late 90s where he had you know big daddy happy gilmore the wedding singer um there's other ones as well that like i'm not a big fan of like little little nicky but i know a lot of people are mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah so I do, I do have a lot of affection for this film because have you seen other than rain over me and this have you seen many adam sandler films um, yeah I, you know what i was thinking about this as i was watching it so i have seen 50 first dates and i, yeah, and I don't mind that uh i think i've seen click and I, I i didn't mind that too much either but then beyond that i don't think i have seen yeah, that many Adam Sandler films are not ones that I can remember now. Anyway, no, because I think I do think he gets a bad reputation for make you know for making the same film over and over again. And he has made mm. a lot of films that I don't particularly like. You know, we did that's my boy. I really, really didn't like that, but other people do. You know, it, it's subjective. You can like what you like, but I think he went on a really solid run late nineties, early two thousands, and then I do think it probably sort of. I think it fell off for me after Click. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of. You know, I mean, in terms of comedy, because obviously he made Punch Drunk Love, which is very well renowned. He made Rain Over Me, which we loved. Um, mm. but in terms of comedies, you know, you got you got post click, and then you get then you're getting into the Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he made that deal of a hundred billion pounds a, a a film or whatever it was, he made ridiculous nice. amounts of money because he is still <laughs> one of Hollywood's most bankable stars. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a he get you know there's a reason why he must be get he's getting fifteen million quid a film. Yeah, nice. Because he definitely cool. has his, his fans out there. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I bet so, he's so. got, I reckon he's probably got some international appeal as well because it's probably, quite, because yeah. it's like it's quite, um, it's broad, isn't it? It's yeah. broad humour. It's quite understandable. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Okay, fab. Well, let's get to it then. So okay. what are some of the things that you love about Big Daddy? Yeah, so I think overall, I really like the sort of, execution the use of genre the emotional journey there is an emotional journey at the heart of this it is formulaic i'm not denying it's formulaic that idea of you know a a guy who needs to grow up looks after a kid and that helps him grow up and then you know the friends we made along the way and all that (laughs) sort of stuff but i like the the balance in this of comedy and drama there is a real tragic undertone through the film Mm -hmm. you know that idea of julian who's the little boy who is with him is that is with him because he's lost his mum, mm-hmm. and it's not really got into. But there is a tragic reason why he comes to to his doorstep, and I like that you get it. Is, I suppose what I'm saying is that it's a good formula 
it's a reused formula, but I think it's done really well in terms of you see a real sort of tangible character journey in a world that to me feels a little bit more fleshed out. So I, I think you feel like the, the characters were friends before it started and they, you know, were friends after it. I feel like it's that thing we've talked about like before when we did You've Got Mail and other stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you talk about this isn't a world that was created just for the film. Obviously, it helps that it's very much rooted in New York, so it's, it feels real because of that. But all the characters in it have history with each other and they talk about the time because they all went to know each other because they basically all went to law school together. Um, and Adam Sandler's character is just sort of a bit of a waster because he got, we basically got knocked over by a taxi mm-hmm. um, and he lives off the settlement off that um, by playing the stock market is, is basically what they say. But they don't really go into that that much. So I like that. I like that journey of of seeing him grow as a person. It might sound a little bit, bit cheesy, but I want to realize in this, which I don't think you get in many other films, is I feel like you see real consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. So it starts with him raising Julian, and he basically lets him do what he wants and live how he wants and be called how he wants. And about two thirds of the way through, you see that that isn't working and that there's a reason mm-hmm. why he needs to be parented and there's a reason why he needs rules and discipline and stuff like that. And it does hit home. It's not just like, it's not played for laughs. There is that thing of of him having a meeting with a teacher and the teacher being like, he's, you know, he's basically doing all these things. And they start off as being played for comedy. And then he realizes that actually what he's done is he's let him become the smelly kid in class mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I quite like that. I quite like that sort of, those little emotional beats that they put in there that make Sonny, who's Adam Sandler's character's name, grow up. And I don't feel like you always get that journey and get that development in, in comedies like this. And along the way, I, I think it's I think it's heartwarming. I do, I do think it's pretty heart heartwarming. I think it is funny. I think it's a good comedy. I think there's some good jokes in there. Um yeah, performances-wise as well, I think Adam Sandler's great in this. I think he's a great everyman. This is one of his more down-to-earth performances where he's playing someone who feels like a real person. If you think about even things like Happy Gilmore or even things like uh, The Wedding Singer, they're quite stylized performances or they're quite stylized worlds, whereas this is... And I've not seen Uncut Gems, but it feels like this is the most real character he's played in a comedy. Uh, perhaps it's different now. I've not seen all his films, but you know, often he he, he plays sort of quite wacky characters and stuff like that. So I like that. Thought all the supporting cast were great in this. Um, they got Leslie Mann in there. She's really good. They play off against each other well. Joey Lauren Adams, who was one of those actors who was like in a load of stuff in the late 90s and then isn't mm. in anything anymore. Uh, mm. Well, not anything that I've seen anyway. And then, you know, it, you know, the twins who play Julian, who are mm-hmm. Cole and Dylan Sprouse, who I think have gone on to be Disney kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they play a they play a five year old very well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's lots to like in there. Like you say, it's not it's not changing the world of cinema. It's not a Kubrick film or a, a Kurosawa or anything like that. But I think there's a heartwarming comedy there with likable characters, a decent journey, and it's heartwarming. And I think it's it's not as bad as the critics treated it. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much what what I like about it. What about you then? Because you you thought it was. Okay, you know, you see more good than bad is the impression I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. 
Right. You'd be right there. So I do. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said there. So I really like the concept and the story. It's a little bit like this coming of age story, but for a 30 year old man, yeah. as he finally gets that shove into maturity. I do think Adam Sandler is great in this. And I actually really like Sonny as a character because he's really likable in some ways and then seriously flawed in other ways. Yeah. So he feels like a real person because he's quite a good mix of the two things. And it's an interesting ex exploration about how certain personality traits or attitudes can be really useful and helpful in some ways when it comes to parenting, but then detrimental in others. Like very often he's super chill with Julian, like he gives him options. He doesn't get mad at him about wetting the bed or throwing up in the apartment and stuff like that. And that's all really positive and really good. But he's also not setting up any boundaries or any proper structure. And I quite like seeing both sides of that. And it helps to make the story and the characters feel a bit more real. And it's interesting interesting how like some of his ignorance around parenting actually makes him a better role model mm. and quite po a positive presence for Julian to be around in some cases because he's he is really relaxed and he doesn't really make him feel bad about anything and I really appreciated that um I love the aesthetic of his apartment yeah like I love yeah. I love the like layout I love the not a barn conversion like a loft conversion yeah, I just loved it. I love the colours, I love the layout, just like the general shape and the design of the whole thing. Like, I, d I didn't really know what it was, but I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that's cool. There's something quite, I don't know, like quite atmospheric about that. I think you probably saw a lot of that sort of stuff, sort of late 90s yeah. New York films and sitcoms and stuff. The bedrooms are stuff. like, it's, it's almost like the bedrooms are on like like little tree houses. Yeah, fun, you know right? I mean? yeah. Similar to... Uh, there was something similar going on in So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, yeah. Where one of the characters had something similar, and I was like, that looks fun. Like, that yeah. looks like going to bed is fun. So <laughs> I really like that. I did think that some of it was quite funny in like a low mm. stakes sort of I was way. Ask like you've you got, if you thought it was funny. I, I, I did think that some of it was, and there's a few good gags in there, like repeatedly using the newspaper to hide the messes. <laughs> like after the third or fourth time, I did start laughing at that because it yeah. was like, I love that that's just his solution to everything. And then when Julian asks him for a nightlight and he pulls out like the live nudes <laughs> neon yeah. sign, or it says something like that, doesn't it? Something inappropriate, but that was quite amusing. And then just the final couple of things as well. So I thought the soundtrack was pretty enjoyable and worked mm. really well with the film. Steve Buscemi, who was really fun in this, he <laughs> popped up and I really enjoyed his performance. And I really liked the ending because I didn't think it was that predictable and it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Like I thought that everything would work in Sonny's favour, that he'd get to keep the kid and they'd live happily ever after sort of thing. Yeah. But that isn't what happens. And it really surprised me. And I liked that and I appreciated mm. that it wasn't I'd forgotten about that. Did you? Yeah. So, so what were you up, expecting? I was I was trying to find my dislikes. Mm -hmm. And I so so my thought was one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I couldn't, I couldn't, I knew he didn't end up adopting him, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I'd forgotten that the judge like there's, 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 obviously at the end the, the originally that was a believe written to be completely serious and then they okay. changed it so that mm-hmm. all the blokes in the audience phone their dads yeah and yeah, then yeah. the judge sort of comes in and goes what are you all talking about you kidnapped a child basically <laughs> yeah. but obviously he doesn't because of the way the american legal system works the dad doesn't press charges because the dad's mm-hmm. his roommate so it sort of doesn't go anywhere but mm-hmm. like you say i really appreciate the fact that it's like well no he's still he still, he still did something wrong. So mm-hmm. you can't adopt this kid. But mm-hmm. it's that sort of compromise where everyone wins at the end because he gets to stay in his life, but he's just not his dad. Yeah. But then the the roommate, what was, was Kevin. John Stewart's character? John Kevin, Stewart, Kevin yeah. Garrity, yeah. And, and Leslie Mann, and then like the kids calling Leslie Mann's character mum and stuff. So, you know, that's all ended very nicely. Yeah. It just hasn't ended how you would expect it to and maybe not exactly how Sonny wanted it to. Mm. But I enjoyed that because I thought, because, mm. you know, like you said, some of it's quite formulaic, maybe a little bit predictable, but that really wasn't, I thought. So I thought that was really impressive. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. So, Josh, you know, I know you've got a strong emotional yeah. connection to this film, but you're a reasonable human I being, am. so go on. What 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 are you thinking for this? Yeah, so I have one or two things that I didn't like and two things I would change. So in terms of things I didn't like, I suppose there's no... Yeah, so, so first of all, we've already touched on a little bit. It is a bit formulaic. It's a bit mm-hmm. by the numbers. I don't mind that, but if you're coming in and watching it now, I think you'd you'd be thinking this is you know it's the same old thing that we've seen from that particular that time period. The other thing, I suppose, there's no way around it is that Sully is a bit of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, I was right, I was sort of writing my notes, going, "Well, he's not that bad," because actually, like you said, he feels real because he's got good qualities and bad qualities. But mm-hmm. then equally, there are bits where he's particularly sort of bit misogynistic um uh he he does use julian to try and chat up a, a well he chat up someone who he then marries and has a kid with but mm-hmm. he still uses julian to try and chat up a woman um which is a bit you know a bit weird mm-hmm. uh, so I suppose there's no way around that those are my dislikes do you want to say what you didn't like or shall i tell you the two things i'd change oh i'll i'll let you know what what i dislike and then, and then we'll, you, we'll go you on to you so 
I do think, uh, so there are some positive attitudes in this towards gay people, which I thought was a surprise to see in a yes. film from this time. However, the sort of counterpoint to that is that I do think there are some quite negative attitudes towards women. And I especially wasn't a fan of the idea that working in Hooters is something to be ashamed of. Mm, now, yeah, yeah. Sonny makes the same joke over and over to Leslie Mann's character about the fact that she worked in Hooters. And it wasn't funny the first time, and it still wasn't funny the hundredth time. He really just labours the point, and there wasn't loads of pushback from the other characters about what he was saying, and he didn't really get called out on it enough, in my opinion. Now, I like all types of humour, and there is definitely a place for humour that pushes boundaries and that can be shocking and controversial. That's fine. But if you're going to do that, my rule is that your jokes need to be good, smart, and actually funny. And all the joke, all the uh, Hooters jokes just weren't. They just felt a bit lazy. It was just like having jabs at women, and I could have done without it, to be honest. I thought that parts of the opening sequence were quite poorly written, so there's just this huge exposition dump of a conversation that happens oh, between Sonny and Vanessa. That well, it, it happens sorry, with his yeah, dad, yeah. but then it happens with him and Vanessa as well. And it almost verbatim goes, I'm an ambitious party planner trying to make it in the big city, and I'm heading out to an important client <laughs> meeting now, and someday I want to start a family. But you've never been the same since the accident you had two years ago and you don't have a job and I think you're lazy and immature and that bothers me. And I love a bit of show, don't tell. And because mm. this was so lacking in the opening of the film, it did have me thinking, oh God, is this what this is going to be? And mm. is this going to be difficult to watch? But it did get better from that point on. And then just finally, but this is neither a like or a dislike, but it's just something I wanted to mention. Now, I know this isn't, but it does kind of feel like everyone's first film. Like it feels like the writer's first film. It feels like the director's right. first film. It feels like the actor's first film. Like everything about it feels a little bit basic. And at times the story is a little bit messy and unsure of itself and where it's going. And the conversations don't feel super succinct succinct, sorry, or terrifically written. And I suppose I just didn't find many aspects of the film that sophisticated. But like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing but I think it was maybe a contributing factor to my sort of lukewarm response to the film, shall we say. But that's everything for me yeah. on that. I think I'll take a lot of that. I think that's mm -hmm. fair. I think that's fair enough. I think a lot of that is um, it's a victim of its time. Yeah, I, I, I think, would I agree with that. I think a lot is probably that. I would that, agree with yeah. that, for yeah. sure. Uh, so what are the things that you would change so there's about two things, it? And there's two things I've never noticed before, but watching it with a critical eye, obviously you try and pick up on Oh, more, I, on I love stuff. this, yeah, yeah. When you so notice something for the first time. There's two. So the first one is, obviously, it's the whole thing is that Sonny is lazy, but he doesn't need to work because he won a settlement where he can earn enough money that he can sort of play the stock market and live comfortably, which in New York, you know, even at the time, must have been loads and loads of money. Mm -hmm. um, does it even say? Does it say how much it was? Is it like two million dollars or something like that? Well, the, se the settlement. It says it was quite a lot. It was a, well. It was only two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. But it was two years ago. I suppose you could live comfortably off that for well, what four years or something like well, that. Well, in so, like the inv the investing side of it as well. Like he's making money off yeah. it. Yeah. So so but before then, obviously he's been to law school, and he's meant it's it's hinted that he's a bit of a protege mm -hmm. because his dad's an amazing lawyer, all his friends are lawyers. And then it's hinted at at the end when you see that he is now a lawyer. He's been and passed mm -hmm. the bar exam and he's a lawyer. And it shows, so the way it's hinted at is they're all talking at the surprise party at the beginning and two of his friends who are talking about how busy they are and they're sleeping at the office say, I haven't been able to figure this out. And he, like, without skipping a beat, just says, try this. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, you're the king and leaves. 
So it's like, all right, so he is a better lawyer than the practicing lawyer. Mm -hmm. So he was obviously so switched on. So I said to my other half, well, why is he meant to be so unmotivated just because he had an accident? And she just said, well, it's probably not that deep, is it? It's just that he has to be lazy for the comedy side of it and the journey side of it to work, that he doesn't need to work, so he doesn't work. But I, I think if someone is that good at something, that they have that knowledge in their head years later, that they can advise their friends who are presumably further ahead than them, you wouldn't just lose that motivation. So I would maybe have liked to see a little bit more about why is he so unmotivated? Do you know what I mean? Or, or it, Again, it's not as deep as that. He's just meant to be lazy, but it doesn't mm. match up with it also being a legal protege sort of thing. Yeah. So that was the my, first one. My, so my interpretation oh, of that on, was, yeah. was sort of two things. The first one was that obviously there was a lot of pressure on him yeah like it seems like his dad was probably putting a lot of pressure on him to do this do that and be this way but then when you see him in his natural state like he is a bit gross he does just want to <laughs> like wear kind of jerseys and, yeah, and yeah. eat cereal and all that thing like and he's sort of reverted almost back to a childlike state where he wants to just feel that freedom and yeah. because of the payout that gave him the opportunity to do that so that's what he's done but then obviously towards the end of the film, he realizes, oh, well, if I actually, you know, I'm missing out on some of the really mm. important parts of life because of this, because I haven't matured sort of thing. And then the other thing, like, I mean, the accident, we don't know sort of how how bad or how not bad that was, but it might have really affected his mental health and his confidence. Well, I suppose the only thing we know is that he says, so, so Vanessa says a cab ran over your foot and you spent one night in the hospital. Yeah, but I feel like that's, that's... First of all, that cab was huge. Well, it's sort of <laughs> diminishing his feelings about it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's like, Wouldn't you know... Wouldn't now, would it? it it'd, what do you mean? Some, as in, if, they, if you made this now, I don't think it'd be that he'd been... It wouldn't be an accident that would be trivialised. Right, it'd yeah, be something I see what else. you mean. Like it's still, he still was in an accident and you don't know how, if, especially if nothing had ever like that had ever happened to him before, you just, you don't know how you're yeah. going to react in that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's true. If, if you made it Those... now, it would be that you'd won money and something else, wouldn't it? Like you, you bit into a sandwich and there was a nail in it or something, you know, something that didn't hurt yeah. you, but, but. But was but, just but kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. But that, um, that was my sort of interpretation that, that, of it that, anyway. Yeah, well, that was the first thing. And the second mm-hmm. thing, and this isn't really one that is, it, it, it it's not arguable really. There's a I've never noticed before that at the end it finishes, Julian goes to live with Kevin and it cuts to about it's something like a year and three months later. Mm-hmm. And it's Sonny's birthday. He's now a practicing lawyer. They meet at a Hooters and they have some sort of you know buffet on for him and stuff like that. And he's got a newborn baby, mm-hmm. which means he's met Layla. And in a year and three months, they've it doesn't say they're married, so forget that bit, but he's They've had a baby and he's mm-hmm. passed the bar exam. I mean, Jesus, that's a busy 15 months, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very, a very short amount of time to decide to, to have a that. child with someone. It could, if that was three years, mm-hmm. you'd go, oh, okay. Yeah, Do you know that what I mean? makes more like, sense, yeah. It, and they're not, you know, they're not, there's no age issues or anything like that. It says mm-hmm. that they're sort of early 30s. So I'd never noticed just how, like, how weird that ending is mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that it is so quick. Um, but you know, to, to each his own. It was just something I noticed. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception in a moment. But first, Alice, I believe you're going to take us on a journey? I am indeed, Josh and listeners. Prepare yourselves. We are going to go down the rabbit hole for this segment that I'm going to call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. So, 
For this edition of Alice Down the Rabbit Hole, we're going to take a look at the lives and careers of the two boys who played Julian Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Often referred to as the Sprouse Bros, the two were born in Italy in 1992, with Dylan allegedly being named after Welsh poet Dylan Thomas. Their acting debut came at just eight months old when they starred in an advert for Nappies. Big Daddy was their first major feature film, and this was followed by several television appearances by the two of them, and many of you may recognise Cole Sprouse in Friends, where he plays Ross's son, Ben. Work was steady for a few years, with the two being cast in the same roles to help studios out with the child labour laws and eventually the two struck gold when they got picked up by the Disney Channel where they actually got to act alongside each other in the sweet life of Zack and Cody. Though they remained active in the industry, Cole once said that the entertainment industry in very many ways encourages the worst qualities of you as a person, which could be why they turned their attention to other things such as studying archaeology and video game design at university and became ambassadors for the Koyamada International Foundation, whose mission is to improve quality of life by empowering global youth and women to reach their full potential. As for right now, well, Cole has three upcoming projects, including one called Lisa Frankenstein, funnily <laughs> enough, you know, because of the film. And Dylan has a couple of his own, including a film called Beautiful Wedding. And do you know who the line producer is on that film, Josh? Well, it's none other than Deborah Moore, who was the executive in charge of production for Above the Rim, which was another film that we covered back in 2021. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. Yeah, <sighs> little look at the, uh, the old Sprouse brothers. Frankenstein. Indeed. Frankenstein. Yeah, that was that was that's gold. That is oh, rabbit hole gold right is, there. It is. <laughs> We'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. Now, Josh picked this because he reckons it's underrated and he said that critically it did not do very well. Mm. So, um, how, did you no. think, how do you think it did and what would you give it? I'd, so, I, I mean, I'd probably give this a six, mm. like maybe bang on. Average daddy. Um. Yeah, <laughs> and then if you you've got a lot of affection for this, I do. Yeah, you think yeah, it's I underrated, do. but you're also quite, you know, you can be quite objective about things. I'm a reasonable so you, guy. Reasonable if you daddy. think it didn't do well, I'm going to say that it got. I'm going to say a five point five. That's what you think it got. Flat. Yeah, and you give like it a, a sort of a six. I'd give it a six. So a maybe six. if it got okay. a five point five, that would be a little bit underrated. Yeah. So go on, hit me okay. with it. Okay. Okay. So at the time of recording. Over on IMDb, it gets a 6.4. Okay. Okay, not so bad. No, it's not, you know, I would rate it higher, but it's it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it a generous 74%. Whoa! (laughs) But the critics, the critics, the critics, the critics give it 39%. So for me, now that average is out. If you work out the average, it's 59%. Right. Oh, hey, it was kind of close. Which is yeah. more or less what you gave it. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, the decided thing is always the critics, isn't it? That's why yeah. I picked it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's hugely underrated, particularly the critics. Okay. I think fifty nine percent as an average is underrated. Okay. But I think a critic score, I think that's really, really harsh. I mean, I, in terms of what I'd give this, I'm sort of swayed by nostalgia because part of me is like an eight, but being more objective. I think you're probably closer with a six and a half, seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would give it. I'd give it higher, but trying to be more right. objective, I think I'd be. You know, I think okay. if you averaged it out, I think that'd be fair enough. Six and a half, maybe. Um, but I think that's underrated. What do you think? The so the the critical that that thirty nine percent I do think is it's that's hard. pretty low, yeah. and I do think that is very harsh, and I would definitely say that that's underrated. But the the average score across the board is probably like bang on for me, really. Mm, mm. Um, so I will say critically underrated, 
but in general, probably appropriately rated for <laughs> appropriate me, Josh. Daddy. Yes. I think we can say underrated daddy for that. Okay, go on then. Yeah. We'll give it to you. <laughs> well, there we go then. Big Daddy is underrated. Give it a watch if you want a little heartwarming film about a man and a boy that make each other better men and boys and Aww. all that. You love um, to see it. You do, you do. We will be back next week with another film. If you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, it's films in that part at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search just films and that, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, X, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. We're on Patreon as well. If you head into the notes for the episode description down below, you'll find our Patreon. Um, all tiers include early access to episodes, bonus content, extended episodes, ad-free episodes and all that. If you'd like to support us, then click the link below and any support you can give us we massively appreciate it. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. What that means is, if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the north-east of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion, so if you want to check out what exactly it is that we're doing, head on over there, type in just films and that, and our beautiful faces will come up on your screen. You yep. lucky, lucky folks. <laughs> yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us. But as ever, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.